Broadcasting to all 50 states and more than 160 countries around the world, no matter what your clock says, it is prime time somewhere where people just like you share their inspirational and inspiring stories. Let's meet today's guest. And thank you for joining us today. Again, my name is J.D. Williams, and I am the CEO of You Stream It and uh, the parent company of Revelation Radio. Today, I have the distinct privilege of welcoming in Mr. Joseph Leonard. And uh, Joseph, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. And uh, an important distinction I've got to make right off the bat, though, Joseph M. Leonard, because there's another Joseph Leonard author out of North Carolina. I'm in ah, Michigan. So okay. I okay. want you to look I'll, at my book, not his book. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll call you the Motor City Leonard. How's that? There you go. Yeah, all right. right. <laughs> Well, now, uh, in full disclosure here, I'm always very honest with my audiences, Joseph, and I had totally forgotten that uh, that Joseph was going to be on the on the show today, and I turned on my system to prepare for another guest, and bingo, here is uh, Mr. Joseph M. Leonard, and uh, we have spoken for a few minutes, and I have apologized to him for forgetting all about him, and then I know that this is going to be extra special good, because whenever you get surprise guests, it's always good, okay? So anyway, uh, Mr. Joseph M. Leonard is the author of the book, Terror Strikes, Coming Soon to a City Near You, and this is, this happened yesterday, by the way. No, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. Joseph, first of all, I asked this uh, asked this of all my guests, but in this particular case, it really fits. Okay, and my first question always: just who is Joseph M. Leonard? Well, uh, the first thing to mention, I guess, is I'm a retired IT guy, okay. and of course, you know that doesn't mean here nor there regarding the subject matter of my book, <laughs> but <laughs> since I spent the majority of my life doing that, uh, it's worthy of note. I, My father, uh, Thaddeus M. Leonard Jr., was the founder of a band called the Polka Kings. Okay. So, and his father, Thaddeus M. Leonard, Ted Leonard Sr., also had polka bands. So I've had the creative gene all my life. And I did in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, dabble in music, not polka music though. I didn't carry on that tradition. <laughs> but I did dabble in music. But you know, that was long before the day and age we have now where anybody can record something on a laptop. Right, And right. put it online and sell it for 99 cents. <laughs> Back then, you had to have a record deal, like my dad had. The Polka Kings released three albums. Uh, so, you know, that didn't work out. But I maintained writing poetry and short stories and novels. And, in fact, I even won a radio play show 
was CJOM, which is out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada, just across the river from us. I'm in the Detroit, Michigan area. Uh, I wrote a radio play called The Adventures of Detective Idol, which was based on a radio contest they had where the song of the week was Billy Idol's Eyes Without a Face. So I wrote a radio play to go with that, and I won that contest. So I've always had this creative gene and uh, been writing my whole life. But this book just was so important. I felt called to release this book uh, internationally for a, a host of reasons. Uh, the timely subject matter, because with the Wuhan virus lockdowns, people were only consuming that in the news 24-7, wall-to-wall Wuhan hysteria, despite <laughs> a 99.8 survivability rate. Right. You know, right. terrorism, my friends, has not gone away. It hasn't gone anywhere. And you're starting to see it again in your news now. Like, I'm sure everyone's familiar that Salman Rushdie was attacked. Right. He's likely to lose an eye. Right. Probably going to lose the use of one arm. So mm. this book originally actually came to me in a dream, as most of my novels do. The opening of this book came to me in a dream in 2006. And I spent six months writing it then, but it didn't quite come together. So I put it off to the side. Then in last year, 2021, during the lockdowns, the dream came back. I said, okay, I get it. Now is indeed the time. And the rest of the story just flowed threw me onto the pages and was ready to go and got released April 15th. And before I go too much further, because you mainly have a Christian audience, I want my fellow Christians to understand, despite the title, Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You, I am a Christian. This is a Christian book, although it is clearly given the main theme, there are a lot of sub-themes, the main theme, and it's not your normal fluffy Christian book, right? right? I mean, you can tell by the title and the main theme, but family values are very much an important sub-theme. Bringing people to faith is a very important sub-theme, but not doing it in a preachy way, in an attempt at subtly bringing people to Jesus. You know, so it's open to a wide audience, but it is obviously something I hope my fellow Christians will read. Amen. Well, you know, we, we spoke about it a little bit before we started. And, uh, you know, one of the things about Revelation Radio that I uh, wanted to do when I bought the station was to not make it pure Christian, not not pure Christian content, not uh, pure Christian talk radio 24-7, because I didn't think that we would get through to an audience that I really wanted to reach, which is the non-Christian. And you've kind of taken that concept with your book as well. And I ask you, you know, if, th if this was uh, fact or fiction, and you called it what? Faction. Faction. Technically, 
technically the genre is historical fiction and political thriller, but I coined the term faction. Fact and the end of fiction. Faction. Okay. So and it is part fact, part fiction. The main storyline is a fictional tale with a fictional character. Uh, and I often get asked, is my main character really me? No, it's not. It's a fictional <laughs> character. <laughs> well, right, well um, tell us about the book. Let's, let's get into it a little bit. Uh, you've told us that you kind of had to wait for that final piece of inspiration to come to you before you were ready to go. But you got there. So uh, tell us about the book. Yeah. Oh, like I say, uh, my main character is named Martin, and I spell it different just to try to ensure that it isn't mistaken for a real person, M-A-R-T-E-N, because my middle name also, M, middle initial M, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. But again, it's not me. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but Martin is a Detroit newspaper man who decides he is going to write a book about terrorism called Terrorist Tracks. And the reason for that title is there's kind of a double entendre there, not in a sexual way, but a double meaning as in tracks. Following the terrorist tracks, as in a Sherlock Holmes style, following in their footsteps, tracking them down. Also, the double meaning tracks, as in rail systems, because terrorists often hit passenger rail systems. Right. So, and that's not the only double meaning you'll find in this book. This isn't a shoot 'em up, blood and guts kind of a book. It's not. It, it's a very intellectual oriented type book to make people think, to question, you know, their own thoughts, their own intentions, as well as others' stated intentions versus reality, and to question also your own morality and mortality. So we follow Martin on his journey to write his book. That's the main driver of the storyline, which anyone who's taken a creative writing course knows and understand that's called a book within a book. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. It, 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 do you have um, parts of the book from the perspective of the good guys and the bad guys, the conversations with, I don't know if you're following me or not, but the, uh, good guy conversations over here, bad guy conversations over here, uh, somebody looking in from the outside, or how, how, is, it, how is it put together? No, it, it is a pro-freedom agenda book okay i don't I, I i mean i do touch on their stated motivations but i certainly in no way shape or form of taking a hands off there's this side they say this there's that side they say that and you decide i've decided okay <laughs> I'm right very much Right. I am very much against terrorists right. and terrorism. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, well, you know, I grew up with terrorism when I was young. And, um, I mean, 
going back to Olympic terror uh, with the uh, Israelis being taken hostage and yeah. later killed in the airport, uh, that type of thing. Yeah, I never understood the terrorist thing. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. You know, I never understood why people think it's cool or that it make that it does something to kill other people. It never made sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me, but it's something we got to live with because it happens all across the world and it's getting worse every day. So uh, your your book is right on time with that because things are not good. Yeah, yeah. and that's part of the point. It, it serves as a warning uh, as well as, again, a lot of other sub-themes, including suicide prevention, because a lot of our soldiers fighting the war on terror, our first responders, and also anyone around a terror event can often get survivor's guilt and have issues of suicidal thoughts. Right. So that's something. There's a, there's a lot going on in this book. But, yeah, most recently, and hence I'm going to repeat the title, yes. Terror Strikes coming soon to a city near you. Salman Rushdie was just stabbed a little bit ago. Right. And he's going to lose an eye and probably the use of one arm in that assault. And part of the point of this book is a warning that just because you haven't heard about terrorism during all the Wuhan virus lockdown paranoia, despite the 99.8 survi survivability rate. You didn't hear about terrorist attacks. That doesn't mean they weren't occurring. Right. The terrorists didn't decide to just lay down their arms and be peaceful. It's just that the news didn't cover it. And I'm picking up a piece of paper here. There are two have been more than 200 mass shootings in the United States alone this year to date. Right. And we're only halfway through the year. And I want to mention a couple. Brooklyn Subway, April 12th, all right? Well, we think New York, that's a heavy target. Iowa Nightclub, April 10th. Iowa, mm -hmm. the heart of America. Right. Sacramento, April 3rd. Sacramento, April 3rd. Two on that day. Arkansas Car Show, March 19th. Who would think terrorism in Arkansas? Right. Vegas hookah bar, February 26th. Virginia hookah bar, February 4th. And I read those off to, again, reiterate the point. Terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. Right. This can happen anywhere. Right. And especially you'll get the point if you read my Tulsa chapter. And also, since this is a faction book, historical fiction, there are, uh, we discussed the story, the fictional storyline, but there are chapters that deal with actual real terror attacks. Of course, 9-11 being the biggest one in right. the book. Right. Uh, but I deal with, this is an international book. This is an international problem. It's not just the United States I'm focused on here, although the book takes place in the United States. There's a chapter on Toronto, Ontario, Canada, London, England, Madrid, Spain, Tokyo, Japan. So it, it covers the gambit to let you know that not all terrorists are the same, you know, and uh, they could come from anywhere at any time 
and in your backyard. Right. Now, how does this, uh, or I guess I should say, who are you directing this book to? To the American public? To a specific audience? Well, yeah, it, it's internationally published. It's selling everywhere. I've been on interviews in South Africa, okay. Nigeria, and and uh, uh, South Africa. Yeah, what's what's the state at the furthest part of the Africa? South Africa, right? <laughs> Where Mandela, Mandela was. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, South South Africa is where Mandela came from. Uh, I've yeah, got yeah. Uh, I've, I've got friends uh, in Kenya. Um, oh boy, uh, really all over the all over that particular continent. But um, uh, but you're, well, you're yeah. Bit, I, I was having a brain fart there, but yes. Everybody does, yeah. On the South African continent, I've had several in Australia. I've had several in the United Kingdom. So this is meant internationally for everybody. It's meant for young and old, uh, again, because it's not a shoot 'em up blood and guts kind of thing. Uh, High schoolers can read this. There's not, you know, a bunch of, there's one or two, you know, words but it's not full of profanity i wanted it to be able to be read by high schoolers uh middle-agers old uh uh, male and female uh you know religious and non-religious political and non-political but obviously since it's a book on terrorism you have to discuss politics and religion to some degree oh absolutely their motivations. Yeah. Now, are you writing this book as a warning? Yeah, yeah, and uh, in part a warning, exactly. Uh, I will quote from uh, my book here, uh, uh, my Naperville chapter, uh, I'm clicking furiously, here it is. Teresa, while she thought she was fully mindful of the need to be a protector of her child, realized she was far more an ostrich on this topic than the mama bear she needed to be. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. from the Naperville mm-hmm. chapter. Yeah. So and that's like exactly, you just nailed it, because uh, that is really the thought of most people in the world, as in no thought. If you if you're following me here, they, it is a it is a head in the sand type of thing. If it's not in my you know if it's not in my backyard, it doesn't matter. But that's not the truth. It does matter, right? Exactly. And again, it's not just terrorism. It's general crime is addressed mm-hmm. in the book too. You need to be awake and alert of too that it can happen anywhere. The ostrich theme. Just because an ostrich wanders onto a set of railroad tracks, hears a noise, buries its head between the rails, is not going to stop the train barreling down right. the track from bowling it over and killing it. Right. So this is about situational awareness. And I like to always say this about my book, despite the title and the main theme, this is not a book about death but of life and living. Family values are a big part of this book too. And those 
both foreign and domestic, who may want to deprive you of your life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness. And the abortion issue is also addressed in this book. Okay. Because terrorism on the womb against the unborn, the most innocent of people, mm -hmm. how is that not killing of innocent unborn a form of terrorism yeah it's a form of terrorism it's a form of murder too and uh, it's something that i strongly oppose that is for sure and it's something that our organization uh you stream it uh, definitely opposes that as well what is the main thing that you want people to get out of your book well we kind of covered that with the the don't be an ostrich okay okay <laughs> you know live your life but don't be stupid at the same time. Don't be in a fog. Be awake, be alert, at least to what's going on in the world. So I'm not asking you to become, uh, to make a hardened bunker and be a prepper out of your basement. I was just going to ask you, I was just going to ask you that if you, if, if you gave any prep uh, advice or anything like that. Yeah, no, not beyond, at least don't be, one of those people obliviously walking around in a fog all day, all night long. Yeah. Live your life, but don't be stupid. Be awake and alert. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that really bothers me is the cancel culture right now and the, and the, the fact that you cannot have a conversation anymore. You know, I mean, I grew up, uh, I don't know if you're, I think you're younger than I am, but I can remember the Kennedy-Nixon debates, okay? That's how far back I go. And, you know, you, you talk about two guys that are completely different, but they were both respectful of each other through the whole thing. You can't find a respectful show on TV anywhere anymore. Everybody's going to talk over everybody else. They don't. They have no interest in it. You're not. You have no chance of changing anyone's mind. You have no chance of trying to have a conversation. It's either my way or the highway. And uh, it looks like that your book kind of addresses that in in some kind of a back way kind of way. It, it does. Free speech is, of course, an issue in there. And there's a whole chapter called El Adia, which is Arabic for the propaganda about propaganda outlets. And cancel culture, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm a victim of cancel culture myself. <laughs> so I, are we. Yeah, so are we. I've been, I've been perma-banned from fascist book, as I call them. Twitter just permanently suspended my main account two days ago oh wow on twitter so i've been canceled there uh, although i have a jay leonard author twitter handle it doesn't have many followers that i deal with just for the book but yeah my main accounts have been permanent banned from twitter and facebook and also there are people who are trying to cancel culture this book if you go to Amazon, you'll see some negative reviews, and it's clear, like one, uh, it's clear that a couple of the people just piggybacked off of what somebody else said just to right. say something negative to try yeah. to keep people from buying and reading this book. But one person who was a Kindle downloader wrote, and she didn't understand. She 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 engaged in a personal ad hom attack towards the book because it was clear she doesn't understand. I get reports 
from Amazon. So she was a Kindle downloader, and I could basically tell exactly what part of the book she got to before she decided, I guess I don't like this guy. I don't <laughs> like this book. Because it started talking about abortion. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. killing the innocent unborn. Yeah. So all of a sudden, she didn't like me. So she left me a negative review, which I'm sure has nothing to really do with the value of the book. It's cancel culture. She didn't like the politics of the book. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think that some of the cancel culture and some of the negativity is because you take a Christian perspective? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, a large part, yeah. A lot of it has to do with the abortion issue. Yeah. I'm very involved in uh, Michigan right to life here. And uh, uh, since the, the, the Dobbs case, uh, uh, the book more or less predicted Roe would be overturned, yeah. uh, and it was. Uh, we have a law in Michigan passed in 1931 that outlaws abortion of any type for any reason in the state of Michigan. Well, our current Democrat governor, of course, is trying to challenge that in the right. courts. Yeah, I but saw that. Yeah, I saw that. unfortunately, right now, and that's why the 2022 election is so important in Michigan. Currently, our Michigan Supreme Court has a five to four liberal activist bent to okay. it. So okay. we need to overturn that to get that to be a five to four constitutionally based court again, like the current Supreme Court is, to uphold that law. Yeah. Well, not to get too political here, but uh, how do you think that's going in Michigan? Because M Michigan has kind of gone off. You know, I mean, I understand that Michigan had the um, all the very, very strong labor unions and that type of stuff. Here in Texas, we're, we're uh, what do you call it? Uh, I, I don't even remember. But anyway. Right to work. Yeah, right to work. That's it. Uh, so we've never really dealt with the labor issues but i know that michigan is really big on that so what is what do you think the chances are of michigan returning to a more conservative uh, situation that they have now yeah before i answer that I, I i don't like right to work i call it freedom to work right because yeah no one has a right to a job it doesn't exist amen freedom to work and not be coerced under the First Amendment, freedom of association. You have the right to associate or not associate. Mm -hmm. But labor unions try to enact laws to force you into the unions. Right. And we, under our previous Republican governor, did pass a freedom to work statute. So we do have that here in Michigan. But as to... Uh, now I've forgotten what the actual question. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, what are our chances? Uh, unfortunately, Michigan is a really weird purple state. We, my entire life, we've gone back and forth between Republican and Democrat governors. No governor since Governor Engler, uh, who defeated Blanchard, has been on the ballot for re-election and lost. Okay. So it is a major uphill battle 
to defeat Governor Whitler, as we call her, because uh, she's very fascistic. Um, yeah, I've seen her. She, I've, I've seen her. She's uh, one of a kind. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she, like Como and Wolf and PA and Newsom right. in California right. and Murphy in New Jersey, put COVID patients into the nursing homes, which caused the deaths yeah. of thousands of our seniors here in Michigan. So we go back and forth between red and blue. So it will be an uphill climb. Yeah. But I think we've got a decent chance at it this time. Well, you know, um, one thing I am, I, I get a little more freedom than most people do with these things because I'm a member of the U.S. press. I'm a member of the U.S. Press Association, and, and so I put up my ID number a lot, and I say my ID a lot, and all that. And you know, I'm not saying that they can't cancel me. I'm not saying that they can't bring stuff down, but it makes it more, more difficult for them to do it. So um, right. I, I throw that out there at them quite often. Trust me, um, because I'm I'm I am very conservative. Um, where we live, uh, we uh, the the town only has three thousand people. And um, the mayor lives like three houses down from me. And our town simply chose not to participate in the COVID nightmare. We simply chose not to participate. We went ahead and did everything that we did as we did before. The governor of the state said, you know, you got to do this. And we said, no, we don't. Uh, the, the, the president of the United States says, we got to do something. No, we don't. We did what we want to do. And you know how many people died here? Yeah, probably none, right? Zero. Yeah, zero. That's well, right. I'm from I'm in a I'm in Wyandotte, Michigan, which is a southern suburb of Detroit. So obviously, I'm in a very populous county. Yeah, that's and tough. I, I do know two people personally that died, but and there are lawsuits pending. Mm -hmm. They died due to others' negligence. Yes. They died due to our governor and many governors wore on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. She was denied that, met, uh, a registered nurse, Lisa Ewald, mm -hmm. that I know, uh, worked for Henry Ford Medical. And when she was tested, they denied her the medication. And a few days later, she died because she had asthma. So she had a comorbidity. So she died in her sleep a few days later because they denied her the life-saving medicine. Yeah. And we all agree that would have saved her life. Yeah. Another person I know also, uh, Bill, uh, was denied HCQ, and Ivermectin, put on a ventilator, passed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, had a, I had a nephew die from it um, up in Iowa. You mentioned Iowa earlier, but and uh, yeah. and he died because of the vaccine, which um, you know, in my um, in my opinion, the world has become a guinea pig to an untested drugs. Never in the history of the world has a vaccine gone from the thought process to people being forced to take it in such a short period of time, and. The, the only way you can describe that is, okay, we're going to test this and we'll just make the world a guinea pig. And unfortunately, there are fatalities when you do that. And I blame the government, not only the government of the United States, but the governments all across the world 
for this nightmare. But anyway, let, let's get back to you. Let's get back to your book. Um, how? Uh, uh, first of all, is this the first book that you have released? Well, yeah, it's the first internationally published book. I, I've had short stories and uh, another novel and, you know, like I said, music that I dabbled in. Okay. released on small local scale among family and friends and stuff like that. But yeah, this book was too important uh, in my mind. And again, I felt called that this had to come out and uh, for various many reasons, not just the terrorism warning. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, it is internationally published. Yeah, my first internationally published piece. Okay. And now, how long did this take you to write? I mean, I understand that you took a little break there. You know, you, you heard the initial call and then you came back again. But how long did it take you to actually write the book? Yeah, well, I spent like six months on it in 2006. Then I spent another six months. I picked it up again in, in uh, July, August time frame of last year. And... So I spent another six months on it. Uh, thankfully, like I said, the the words were kind of just coming and flowing through me right. onto the page. Okay. And I also thought of another way uh, to shorten the process a little bit. Uh, I, I want to say this, 99.9% of all authors follow creative writing guideline, formulaic guidelines. They're all cookie cutter books. They're the same basic story with different people at different locations. I put those guidelines through the shredder. I don't write like anybody else. Uh, So this book is different in so many regards. And one way it's different is uh, I mentioned before the show, I don't, or no, I did mention at the beginning, I'm a former IT guy. So I've been on the internet before it was ever called the internet. Back in the days where your computer dialed up another computer and you dealt with a message board, you know, it wasn't the Internet as we know it today. And then you'd leave stories and messages for one another back before email was even invented. Uh, So uh, we're in the day and age of the Internet, and I've written many blogs. So I thought, why not? Like I say, since I'm different, be totally different. And my publisher didn't like this idea at first, but I (laughs) that it is also not just a book within a book, but a blog within a book. Because I took a blog that I wrote in 2003 about 9-11 and kind of repurposed it to have been a blog that my character wrote. Okay. So it's a book in a book, a blog in a book. There's even a letter to a newspaper in the book. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Who, um, what do you think the main point, if, if you had to pick one, and I, I, know this is a, I know this is a tough question, but if you had to pick one, what is the one thing that you want to have people take away after reading the book? Well, we kind of touched on this before again. Live your life. I'm not asking you to be buried in your basement. Yeah, don't don't live in fear. Don't live in fear, I think, is a big thing. Don't live in fear. Yes. 
because you mentioned you don't understand why the terrorist the terrorist mindset. Well, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who live in fear and yeah. can be bullied, yeah. Yeah. badgered into yeah. doing something based on a threat of their death. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing people don't need to do is be unaware. Um, you know, so right. many people, um, hardly anybody gets a physical newspaper anymore, right? I mean, the only thing that you get is, you know, if you're going to get a newspaper, and I still do, you get them online. Um, people don't tune into news shows anymore because it's all, you know, if, if you tune into, let's say, CNN, all you're going to get is a liberal view. If you turn into MSNBC, all you're going to get is the ultra-liberal view. If you turn into Fox, all you're going to get is the conservative view with maybe a few token comments along the way somewhere. I can't think of the others, others but the news has become so set. I mean, you know, you're, you're either in this camp or you're in that camp that people are not getting news anymore. I mean, do you remember Walter Cronkite? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I well, know. I mean, when he gave the news, you didn't know if he was liberal or conservative. Now, we know now that he was a ultra-liberal, but when he was actually giving his newscast, you had no idea if he was liberal or conservative. He did the news, and that was it, and that's what's missing right now, and people have to go digging, and, you know, unfortunately, not too many people dig. Yeah, well, even Dan Rathers used to be a straight news person. Right. But right. of the last 20 years, he's given up all pretenses and is an ultra-liberal activist. But, right. yeah, I, 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 I tune into CNN and MSNBC every once in a while because I have to. I need right. to know what they're saying. What the other I side says, right. Mm -hmm. I don't really watch Fox, even. I watch The View. And the Greg Gutfeld show. That's it. <laughs> Other than that, I watched one. I watch one American News. One American. News yeah, they're Max, good. Yeah, they're News good. Newsmax mm -hmm. and the new one, News Nation. I okay. like them. Okay. How politically active are you, and does that play in into your book? Oh yeah, I've been politically active since I was uh, sixteen. Uh, my godfather. Thomas Coogan was the mayor of Melvindale, another Detroit suburb. He was one of the last of the conservative Democrats. Okay. Yeah. There's no such thing today. Well, I'm going to jump in on that one because John F. Kennedy would not be allowed to be a member of the current Democratic Party. There's no Absolutely. way. No way. Absolutely. You know, I say that all the time too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's insane. You know, uh, I, I just tell you, I used to be a Democrat. I used to, uh, I was actually a, a Democrat precinct chairman. I went door to door for candidates I didn't even like. Okay, but but the the Democratic Party has gone so far to the left, has become so socialist, and I'll even say it, so communist that they ran away from me and I ran just as fast in the other direction away from them. I do not call myself a Republican. I call myself an independent because I base my vote on 
what the Bible says. I base my vote on what I think the person stands for. So if that's a Democrat, fine, I'll vote for him. I haven't done that in a long time. If that is a Republican, I'll vote for him. I have done that a lot recently, and I'm a huge MAGA man, M-A-G-A, make America great again. I love Donald Trump, and I hope he comes back. I hope he runs again, and I hope he actually is allowed to win this time, and they don't take it away from him by hook and crook, as they did before. I said it. Again, I'm a member of the U.S. Press Association YouTube. I'm a member of the U.S. Press Association Facebook. I'm a member of the U.S. Press Association. So if you guys take me down, prepare for a lawsuit. Okay, back to you now. Yeah, I, I have been involved, like I said, since 16. Uh, I come from a Democrat family. I was more or less the first to go Republican. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then I dragged. I dragged many of my family members with me over time. But I like to say I am a conservative first. Right. And a Republican only by necessity. Right. Because there is no other outlet for conservatism than the Republican Party platform. Right. And the problem isn't the platform. The problem isn't the Republican Party per se as it was founded and intended to be the problem is rhinos within the party absolutely absolutely and you're you're right that there are no other political parties you know if you you can pull up another political party if you want to but most of them are going to have some kind of libertarian socialist you know some something you know they're not they're not real conservatives uh, so anyway enough of that um yeah no li li i libertarians i call them liberal Right. Because more and more they side with liberals. Right. They do. Like the abortion issue. The, the uh, well, you know, a woman's right to choose. What is that of my business? Well, according to the 14th Amendment and our founding documents, they guarantee us the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Right. It very much is our business. And I'm sorry, there are laws based on the Judeo-Christian ethics that our nation was founded on against murder. Right. And murdering an unborn child is just as improper and illegal as any other murder. Right. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's the way the world has gone right now. And I don't see it coming back uh, anytime soon. I, I am a big uh, believer in the Bible. And uh, my, uh, my radio show is actually called The Last Christian. And here's the, here's the premise of that. Just like there is a last play in any football game, you know, the guy drops back and he throws a pass. Okay, this is the last play. There's no flags down. The ball's in the air. This is win or lose right now. The ball's going to be caught and this team wins, or it's going to be dropped and the other team wins. Either way, when the, when the play is over, the game is over. All right, well, just like that, there's going to be that last individual that's going to ask Jesus Christ for his salvation. He's going to tell God he's a sinner. He's going to say, I know that Jesus Christ died for me on the cross. I know he was buried. I know he rose after three days. I know that he's ascended to heaven, and he promises he's coming back for his church. Well, guess what? When the rapture happens, time's up. Game's over. There's going to be that last individual that's going to accept Jesus Christ. They're going to see him in the face the second they do it. 
And the rest of the people that are left behind, they have to go through at least a part of the tribulation period, and that's something you don't want to do. All right, I want to get back to you one more time before I let you go today and give you an opportunity. Is there anything that I haven't covered about your book? And, you know, you've spent a lot of time on this, so I want to make sure that you get get it out there and get it out there well. So what have I missed that you want the public to know? And then again, give us the name of the book again and also where they can purchase it. Yeah, it, Terror Strikes coming soon to a city near you and by Joseph M. Leonard. And it's important to remember the M because Joseph M. Leonard is from Michigan. There's another author, Joseph Leonard from North Carolina, that's also an author. So obviously I'd prefer you buy my book. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> And not mistake me for him or him for me and buy his book. <laughs> so you want to? Yeah, so for everybody out there, please buy the book from Joseph Michigan Leonard, and yeah. and and you'll be all set. And that is Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You. And where can they purchase that book? Yeah, now you can purchase it obviously at any bookstore. They can order it for you. Uh, Books a Million and Barnes and Noble, because I know a lot of people like to avoid Amazon. But yes, it's available on Amazon. Okay. If you like an ebook, I I don't recommend the ebook because, like I said, there's the letter to the editor and the blog within the book. So there's formatting and font uh, that comes across easier to read in the physical copy of the book yeah. but if if you're bent on buying the kindle version it'll be a little harder to read and follow but you can get that exclusively through amazon kindle and if you want an autographed copy of the book you can order it direct from me at terrorstrikes.info terrorstrikes.info slash buy okay and you don't see that you don't see that right now but that's going to be running on the screen as well as the, the the book title and also send me a copy of that cover and it'll appear in this podcast as well all right not only will i do that i will send you my wham radio ad that okay. you could consider putting in my wham radio announcement on air when my book hit number one on amazon Amen. and okay. also i have a book trailer which is kind of a movie trailer about the book that lasts a minute and you can consider adding that to the video i'll do it, it i'll do it i will i promise you uh for all i put you through this morning i'm gonna run your ad free on my radio station Okay, oh, so well, uh, I, I will do that. Uh, just simply send that to me, and we'll talk about that as soon as this is over. So, yeah, that, uh, that, anyway, that is there... Really slick. They did a really <laughs> good job on that. <laughs> awesome. All right, is there anything else that, that you'd like to get out there before we, before we uh, get out of here today? No, just want to make sure to say take care and God bless to everyone listening or watching. Okay, awesome. Yes, it will be in uh, audio and video form in many areas. And then, of course, on uh, Revelation Radio as well. And uh, I really do appreciate you uh, coming in, uh, Joseph. You, you, you popped into my system. You were a surprise uh, to me uh, this morning. But uh, 
it's it's been a pleasure sir and like i said we will uh get your your advertisements out there again the author's name is joseph m is in michigan leonard and the book is terror strikes coming soon to a city near you and uh, i encourage everybody to get out there and pick up a copy uh you, you've got you got to keep up with what's going on in the world and he has put it into faction for you so take Take care of it. Again, thank you so much for coming in today, Joseph. I really appreciate you. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me. And, and one last quick thing is we, we joked about things going wrong before and during the interview. And I, I will throw this in. There is also a comic relief chapter in the book because no matter how serious things are around us, we've got to keep a sense of humor amen we'll be, curled, we'll be curled up in the corner in a fetal position <laughs> crying amen amen well thanks again for coming in i hope you have a, a, a i hope the book is a great success and well, I, I do encourage people to go out and get it thanks again for coming in god bless you an informative an educational or inspirational story that you would like to share Please join us by writing office at ustreamit.net. That's office at ustreamit.net. And we will help you share your story across the world to all 50 states and more than 160 countries around the globe. Until next time, be sure and join us every Monday and Friday evening at 9 p.m. Central Time for another edition of It's Prime Time Somewhere.